Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the TCB Radio Network Podcast, where we're celebrating the life and memory of Elvis Presley. Hello, friends. This is Elvis Presley. I am Marion Cox, the official sex symbol on TCB Radio Network. This is Mindy Miller. This is Ray Walker from the Jordanaires. This is Elvis's Speedway co-star, Victoria Page Myrie. This is Cynthia Pepper from Kissing Cousins. This is Zoe Gotto, author of Elvis Style, from Suit Suits to Jumpsuits. This is Don Wilson, and if you're looking for Elvis, you're in the right place, TCB Radio Network. Where it's all about Elvis. Everything is about Elvis. It is all about Elvis. All Elvis, all the time. If you want to listen to something really stylish, listen to tcbradionetwork.com. You can't do any better than that, so stay with us. People who know Elvis know about TCB Radio Network, where it's all Elvis, all the time. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Jonathan Lynn is an entertainer who not only performs a song with a powerful and expressive vocal, but captures a crowd through audience participation. He has traveled and performed at numerous state fairs, festivals, and performing arts centers in over 25 states, and it's no wonder that he's gaining attention across the country as a new singing sensation. His new single, You Will Never Leave My Mind, is written by Ronnie McDowell and is now available to purchase through online outlets. Ronnie McDowell wrote this song as a special tribute to his dear friend, who was also very close to Elvis, Mr. George Klein. You'll hear on this interview how the Elvis community is really embracing Jonathan, and we think you will too. Find out more about this special song and Jonathan's love of Elvis by listening all the way through. You'll even get to hear the song itself. Ladies and gentlemen, here is rising superstar Mr. Jonathan Lynn. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for being with us here on TCB Radio Network. We're so excited to have you. Hey, it's an honor. So uh, hope y'all are doing okay today. It's great to be with y'all. We're doing great. We're doing better now that we have you on the line. Thank you for being with us. We we um, came across your name and your beautiful song. It's called You Will Never Leave My Mind, uh, written by Ronnie McDowell, specifically about George Klein. So let's jump right into that. How did this song come into your life? How did you get to be the one to sing it? All that good stuff. Well, you know, um, I'll backtrack a little bit and I'll tell it. I'll tell it really quick or as quick as I can. But uh, I met up with Ronnie McDowell probably about six and a half years ago at a fair convention in Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, and I was in an acapella group called Blend, and uh, we actually ended up 
uh, singing a cappella with him and doing some songs like The Platters. And we did uh, his his big hit, 1981. Well, one of his big hits, Older Women. Uh, so we were just singing a cappella with him. And then next thing I know, we're getting put onto a show singing backup for him, just like Elvis had the Jordan Airs. And so we, uh, we go to Branson and we're working with him. And then we get added to another show and another show. We get put onto a tour with him and other artists like uh, Johnny Cash's brother, Tommy Cash, Jeff Bates, uh, Deborah Allen, uh, Ken Mellons. And so the group retired or resigned um, from traveling and touring. And that was at the beginning of 2018. And I decided, well, I'm going to continue on uh, doing what I love. And that's that's singing and performing and just entertaining. And so I had actually finished a show up in Paducah, Kentucky, uh, it was in May of 2018, and Ronnie was actually playing in a festival uh, in Illinois, about an hour away, West Frankfort, Illinois. And so I got up there, and right before the show ends, I got up there, and uh, Ronnie pulled me on stage, and I did uh, my take of Conway's Conway Twitty's "Hello, Darling." And uh, the show ends, and you know, after everybody had had uh, left Ronnie's meet and greet. I was chit-chatting with him backstage, and he said, uh, he goes, well, Jonathan, he said, when you're ready to start recording, he said, you let me know. He said, I wrote some songs that are going to be great. So it took me three weeks to figure out that I was ready to start recording, but I called him, and he said, what in the world took you so long? And I said, well, I don't know. And he said, well, I don't either. But he said, good things come to those that wait. And he said, I've just written a song that's going to be a hit. And he said, I think your voice would be great for it. And he said, listen to it. So he sent it to me. And that was the song, You Will Never Leave My Mind. And I, uh, it, it, I mean, it's been such a, a, a journey with this song, a wonderful journey. Mm-hmm. I never would have imagined that a year ago that I would be introduced to this song. And um, just really, it, not just the places it would take me, but the way that I would see it affect and connect with so many different folks and and uh, myself i can relate because of family members uh but also i've got a really close friend of mine who lost his wife to uh, dementia and that's what the song's about you know saying that you will never leave my mind but that's uh in a nutshell that's how i came across the song and uh just like you said written beautifully by the great ronnie mcdowell <laughs> Absolutely. So, so let's go back a little more. You're a young guy. I know that you, um, you even taught elementary school for a little while. But if we could go way back, tell me when you fell in love with the 1950s and 60s type of music, because I know that's kind of where it all began with you. It sure did. And and uh, I tell folks in my show that the 1950s, 60s music, that era of of that music, that was the soundtrack to my life. And it still is. Uh, you know, if you if you hop in my truck and turn on Sirius XM, you'll see one of my favorites is 50s on 5, yeah. 60s on 6, or even the countryside, Willie's Roadhouse. Uh, of course, I love prime country, and I love some of the newer stuff. I just have a respect for all the music. But as a kid, you know, we had all these stations. You know, I was born in the 80s, so oldies back then were the old time 50s 60s rock and roll and there were more fm stations that played the music and so i would hear this music everywhere that we'd go because my mother that's the music she loved and everywhere we went i'd hear the the music of folks like elvis presley and as a matter of fact i was so inspired by folks like elvis that uh, i was in fourth grade and one of my friends told the teacher said she said well they said that 
Johnny was my childhood nickname. They said Johnny can sing, and he'll he liked to sing a song. I didn't tell I didn't tell him I wanted to do that. He just volunteered me, <laughs> and the teacher said, "Well, after class, he can get up and and sing us a song." And I had my fingers crossed all day, thinking, "I hope she forgets. I hope she gets so busy." <laughs> but fifteen minutes before school let out, she said, "Well, we've got a special treat," and she called me up there. And I'd never been so nervous, but I had picked the perfect song because of my my anxiety I was having that day and being nervous. So I did one of Elvis's tunes called All Shook Up, which fit perfect for me getting up there and singing, being so nervous. Because <laughs> your and leg that, was probably going a mile a minute, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you see, and that I would always practice at home is uh, my first microphone. This sounds silly, but my first microphone was my mother's hairbrush. If you could picture <laughs> sitting there in front of the mirror with a hairbrush, acting like it was a microphone. I and my a lot first of us guitar, could say that. <laughs> my first guitar was my mother's tennis racket, of all things. And, you know, eight, nine years old, I'd have some of the biggest concerts for my stuffed animals, singing Elvis music, singing Buddy Holly, uh, all that old-time rock and roll. I loved it. As a matter of fact, I wanted to be, I knew when I was a young kid, I knew my dream wasn't to ever be Michael Jordan or or the president of the United States, I wanted to be like Michael J. Fox in that movie, Back to the Future, singing Johnny Be Good. I will tell you now, too, I've had that say, if I could just get up on stage and play Johnny Be Good, that would just be the <laughs> yeah. ultimate thing. Hey, dreams come true. You can do it. <laughs> so, yeah, it, and that music is still you know, very meaningful to me, and, and it, like I said, it's a soundtrack even to my life now. Of course, my... the. The, the styles of music have uh, the it's all broadened I, I love so many different styles of music and I can appreciate all of it uh, because there's a lot of hard work and talent that uh, people put into express themselves and that's what uh that's what I really feel I love doing being on my own that uh, since I'm not in that group anymore this is a great era of music and there's nothing like it anymore yeah, Jonathan, I'd like to ask you a question because I I've always loved the music of the 50s and the 60s too. Uh, and and I grew up, you know, around the around the '80s when when Ronnie was first getting his start. And I've always thought because I've I've always loved the country music from the mid '80s, kind of into the early '90s with uh, you know George Strait's early stuff and Ricky Van Shelton and Eddie Rabbit. And I've always kind of I always kind of thought that a lot of the country music from that time period was very much inspired by the music of the '50s and '60s. And I was just I just like to kind of get your opinion on that oh definitely i i definitely could uh could see that also and of course you you may remember songs like uh well ronnie Millsap had uh what was that lost in the 50s yeah. tonight which yeah. is so uh similar and it brings brings the song to head of um in the still of the night uh, yeah. but also what was it katie oslin who said uh, the girls of the of the 50s is that what it was i believe but yeah i mean it's the lyrics also, too, were very, well, they're just different. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know the exact words to say, but I, I totally get that. And I, I believe uh, the music of the 50s and 60s, that early pioneer stuff has influenced, uh, you know, even a lot of the pop artists from the 80s. Yeah. So definitely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what's cool is there's a lot of that music um, that is streaming its way or, or mainstreaming its way back in in various different forms. I don't know if you... There was an artist called Grace. Uh, she's a pop artist. But uh, about two or three years ago, she came out with this song 
and she sampled Leslie Gore's You Don't Own Me. Uh, Sean Kingston sampled uh, the song Stand By Me and used it in his tune, Beautiful Girls. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of mainstream pop artists that I've, I can hear certain songs. The other day I was listening to Martina McBride's Suspicious Minds that she did, A Take of Elvis's. And at the very beginning, you can hear this this uh, part that sounds a lot like Diana Ross and the Supremes, Someday We Will Be Together. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's, it's, it's inspired a lot of people. You know, it's obviously showing in their taste in music and how they uh, express themselves with uh, their ideas. So definitely great music for sure. So um, now with this new song that's come out, uh, what kind of promotional, what kind of things are you doing? Um, I'm sure it probably hasn't all lined up yet, right? It's, it's fairly new. Like you just got the site up pretty recently with uh, where everybody can purchase it and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, uh, everything, there's still a lot of things in the works, um, but definitely available, you know, through all your online uh, sources, you know, iTunes and Spotify and Google Play and I mean, the list goes on and on and on, all those different uh, media outlets. I want to ask one more question because I think the video was fantastic. Well, thank you. I thought it was a, a kind of a neat dichotomy of the, the older couple kind of looking back on their on their younger days. Now, a lot of those places, maybe I'm wrong, but they kind of look, was that downtown? Were you downtown Nashville? Is that where you were? Well, that was... Um filmed part of it in illinois at a beautiful facility called the landings and that was in carbondale illinois that's where the older folks were filmed but the younger folks were actually filmed in paducah kentucky there was an old 50s drive-in diner called uh what's called parker's drive-in and um those folks you know have the inside all decked out like a 50s diner and then music playing and get the old time milkshakes so i knew i knew i wanted to film there and then we filmed downtown Paducah, which has some beautiful landscapes and brick walls and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where it was all filmed, and yeah, the video turned out great. So, yeah, thank you for the compliment. Yeah, it really did. I, I enjoyed it very much. And now back to Kristen, it's, her regularly scheduled questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you for asking all that. I, mean, I figured we could come come circle back around in the song, but. Um, I wanted to give Jonathan a chance to talk about Elvis. Um, I know that you loved Buddy Holly so much that when you were little, you were crying because you just didn't understand why Buddy Holly had to die. I read that somewhere. I think that's so sweet. <laughs> so I know you were influenced by Buddy Holly. Have you been to Graceland? You know, tell me your feelings about Elvis. Yeah, Elvis, um, you know, like I said, as, as a kid, I would hope my mother's hairbrush as my microphone. And, uh, of course, you know, I would... I, to be honest with you, I never really watched a lot of the, the movies that he was in, but I would listen to all those old records. And, of course, I love the earlier 50s stuff that he did. And as a kid, never got to go to Graceland. And, and honestly, I still haven't uh, got to go and tour Graceland. But it was really cool for me because, as as, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I was just in Tupelo. And I was there on my birthday, and I was there actually for the Tupelo Elvis Fan Club. And they have a monthly meeting, and they have entertainment at that meeting. And so they brought me into town and had me come in the, the day before. Barb, the uh, one of the ladies that was in charge of contacting me, she she called me and said, "Have you ever been to uh, Elvis's birthplace and seen his birth home and the church where he attended?" And I said, "No." I said, "But I sure would love to." And she said, "Well, some of us from the fan club would like to 
take you out uh, and give you a little tour of some neat things in Tupelo. And I said, sign me up. She said, now, don't feel like you have to. And I said, twist my arm a little harder, please. <laughs> but it was, it was so cool. And then going and, you know, you get to Tupelo and you get to see uh, a mock service of the ch- uh, what a church service would have been like when Elvis was there. Uh, and then just seeing so much of the history and then seeing where this – this rock and roll star who had such a an interesting childhood, you know, and you could see where uh, he'd be start out so humble and stay that way. Well, I guess you know, one two room house that he grew up in, uh, and and just seeing you know like the, the little bathtub that the family would would take baths in. But it, that was just to me, it was just mind blowing to see where it all started and and where Elvis got his start. And it's just a really cool thing because you see, you know, as a kid, I saw, or I saw pictures and I saw, you know, I, I remember watching that. I think it was an NBC made, uh, made for TV movie series that they came out with on, uh, on TV. And it, it uh, went through the life of Elvis. And I remember as a kid, you know, bedtime be like, Eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock, something like that. And I'd always be like, "Can I stay up a little later? I want to watch this," <laughs> you know, because I was hooked with that stuff. And like I said, you know, wanted to be like Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future. I mean, that's all right down my alley. And Elvis, this huge superstar, you know. But as a kid, seeing him portrayed on TV, and then also the Kurt Russell movie that Ronnie did all the background vocals for on the on the voice of the singing. Uh, but seeing that movie, but I would see this man on TV, uh, and then I would hear all these these big records he had come out. But then to go back and see where he was as a child and see pictures, and you know, in that mock church service where he would come in, and, and uh, they said, "Well, we're gonna have this this little boy sing," and it's just kind of neat because uh, just at will, you know, as a kid, that's what I wanted to do is get to where Elvis was with singing the music and, and expressing himself. But I had a big problem. I was too shy as a kid. So there's no way I would have stood up in front of that church and sang. But <laughs> So, you know, to me, it's just, uh, I mean, I was a huge Buddy Holly fan. And, you know, that's just one of the artists that I really learned a lot about. But I learned a lot about all of them. But it, it was really cool to see that uh, my childhood inspiration to go to Tupelo and and see all that uh, when it all started. Yeah. So now I noticed you said that they they recreated a a, a church service like like it would have. Is that is that what you said, or you just went to? Yeah, yeah. You you get in there and you sit in the the church that Elvis. Of course, they moved it. I, I believe is what they told me. That's not the original spot where the church was. But you get in there and you you sit down. If you go at a certain time, and they they sit you down, and they they welcome you and. And these big screens come down on the left and right side of you and on the front side. And there's it's probably like a 10, 12-minute presentation of a simulated church service of what it would have been like in, in the 1950s. Not in the 1950s, but in the 30s and 40s, 30s and 40s when Elvis was a child. Yeah. So, and it, you know, it's all portrayed by actors, but there's a young boy that comes up with his, his family, and they... Uh, they're up there singing, and, and Elvis sings. The young Elvis sings the lead, and the pastor introduces him, and he he seems like this shy little boy who just steps up and he, he kind of starts singing. But mm. uh, yeah, if if you've never been there, and I'm saying this for any listener, if you've never been there, you got to check it out. It is is definitely worth it. Yeah, I've I've been to Tupelo, but I've never done that. 
Uh, that sounds really interesting. It's and, time to go back. And we had a we had a chance to talk to uh, the girl that he had taken to the prom, Dixie Locke Emmons, and she still goes to the church where she and Elvis met. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. She's a she's a pretty lady. You're listening to the TCB Radio Network Podcast, where we're celebrating the life and memory of Elvis Presley with a mission to share his legacy with the world. Hi, everybody. I'm Krista Joy, founder of TCB Radio Network, and I want to let you know that tonight's show is co-hosted and sponsored by PeterAldenEntertainment.com and PeterAldenLive.com. Peter Alden is a classically trained vocalist with a voice like Velvet who performs everything from country to pop while specializing in the golden era of rock and roll. Based in Orlando, Florida, but able to travel all over the world, he can come to you. Please support TCB Radio Network by hiring Peter Alden for musical entertainment or to MC at your next event. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Peter Alden Fans. Now you're an up and coming musician. Like you're really just starting to make your big splash on the scene. What what's an average day like for you right now? Well, there's a, a lot of traveling, just like with any any musician or entertainer. Uh but it, but an average day for me when I'm when I'm doing shows, which I do probably um I, I would say anywhere from fifteen to twenty a month uh, is a busy month for me. So uh, average day, depending on how far I have to drive, but I always love to get to the town uh, beforehand because what I love most about, um, I don't even call it a job, but if I was, what I love most about my job is the people that I get to, to meet and interact with. And and I love to just, instead of getting to a town and doing the show and, and packing up and getting on the road and going to the next stop, I love to get to know people. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you meet you meet people and when when you show them that you care and they'll show you and that and, and people are just real and amidst all this this stuff you hear on tv and the news and all that and I, do, I don't discredit that i mean there's some crazy stuff going on in the world but if you just take time to to talk to people and show them that you care i mean i feel like that's what people want most and they will open their hearts to you and like that's what happened in tupelo come to town a day early and these folks just made me feel like I was, you know, a hometown celebrity. You know, they brought me in and they took me down to um, the hardware store and I got to stand on the X where Elvis was. But, uh, you know, of course, then, of course, you got to get there and get set up and do all that. Um, but then, you know, the fun part of it, too, is also when you get on stage and you perform and you're, you're seeing the smiles of these folks as you're performing the songs, because uh, I do a lot of 50s and 60s music still, uh, which is what influenced me. But you'll see it, it it brightens the people's faces or the way I'll, I'll tell stories, which you, you probably read about the song Unchained Melody when I was uh, eight years old and I come out in the movie Ghost. Yeah. Uh, and I tell people about how that song uh, was brought to my attention and I just loved it so much that I'm rewinding that movie to the beginning of a love scene to listen to the song, not to watch the love scene, but, and then everybody's got their own story with these songs. And then when I sing them, that song, you know, it just takes a person back in time 
which is kind of what we did with that video, as you mentioned, uh, reflecting back on the younger couple. So um, at the end of the day, if I'm not exhausted, I feel like I didn't do my job. If I call it a job, <laughs> it makes sense. But And I have met so many wonderful people, like the folks in Tupelo from the Elvis Fan Club and, you know, folks that come up and uh, – and, and buy the record or CD or uh, the DVDs, T-shirts, pictures, all that stuff. You know, they come up, and, and I'm so appreciative of that. But what I love most is when I get to meet people, find out their names, and find out their stories, and uh, gain new friends. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's what I love most. And if I have uh, too many days off in a row, I start to go stir-crazy. And when I get back out there and meet more folks. <laughs> Now, Jonathan, when you were first getting started, did you, uh, what kind of places did you go to play? Did you start at nightclubs or VFWs or? Now, don't laugh, but this is where, when I started in the, in the acapella group, back when I was in junior college, our first booking was at a Franklin County nursing home. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we had won a talent show at our uh, a local festival and we got first place and our picture was put on the front page of a newspaper and I thought we were going to go somewhere big like Las Vegas or the Grand Ole Opry and this lady calls and says is this the doo-woppers and I said it is and she said we got a place you boys are going to be a hit at and of course I said where's that at Carnegie Hall and she said uh, <laughs> no but the Franklin County Nursing Home would be delighted to have you for the day <laughs> And, and that's the that's the truth. We started out, and I still, when I'm traveling and passing through towns, because those folks, they, you got to bring the show to them, because not always can those folks at assisted livings and in the nursing homes can they get out right. and go to shows. So you bring the show to them, and they appreciate it just like you know the next person does. But um, you know, I started out with the group Blend that acapella group that I was in for 12 and a half years started out singing nursing homes. We did birthday parties. We did, uh, restaurants. There was a time where we, uh, were kind of like singing waiters. We would bring people's food out and then the four of us would just break into a song and people ate it up. Uh, we were <laughs> hit for that restaurant, but we started doing little festivals and then we got into the fair circuit. Uh, we did, we brought a theater show together, more of like a Branson style show. And then when the, the group retired, I was actually going to work at uh, Pigeon Forge. I had a couple of job offers out there at the uh, Grand Majestic Theater. I uh, was one of the off opportunities. And I was going to be in a 50 show right down my alley called the, uh, oh, it was a, a jukebox theater. I can't remember the actual name of the show. But it was a 50s themed show, American jukebox or something. Well, anyhow, you get the idea yeah. that the other show was going to be a country theme show called the Hazard County Hoedown, based nice. on the huge TV show, The Dukes of Hazard. Absolutely. But uh, three weeks before rehearsals began, I was given my contract, and uh, you know, it just didn't didn't feel right for me to to follow through with that. So I turned it down, and um, at that time, I, I thought, well, I don't want to go back to teaching school, which I did for six years, and. I wasn't passionate about that, but I knew I wanted to sing. So I thought, well, I'll just try going out and singing solo on my own. And, uh, boy, am I glad I did that because, you know, everything works out for, uh, for a reason. I believe the good Lord's in control of everything, but 
that's that, that was in February when I decided not to take that opportunity in Pigeon Forge. And then in May, that's when I did that show with Ronnie. And that's when the song was presented to me. You'll never leave my mind. The message of your story is, is, as you said, if you don't, if if you're going to trust God, you got to take that leap because you could have you could have sat back and taken the either one of those shows, the Fifty Show or the Country Show, and you'd have been fine. Yeah, and get this, you know what's? So I'm sitting in Virginia at a hotel watching TV, and this jamboree comes on, which had Jimmy Fortune. Y'all remember the Statler Brothers? Absolutely. Saying bed of roses, go to my grave, loving you. Well, Jimmy Fortune was the tenor singer that came in and replaced Lou after Lou had to step down. And Jimmy did a marvelous job. Well, the Statlers resigned or retired, and Jimmy wanted to keep going, so he did. But he was on this TV show, and it was it was called uh, some kind of jamboree, Shenandoah Jamboree, I believe it was. And I get a hold of the folks, and I said, "Hey, I'm I'm an entertainer in the area," and uh, I said, "Here's a copy of me singing Conway Twitty's Hello, Darling." Next thing I know, they respond back and they said, well, if you're in the area, come out to Cooters, which is Cooter from Dukes of Hazzard, Ben Jones in Luray, Virginia, and uh, sit in on a show with us sometime. We'll have you come up as a guest. So I go out there on a Saturday afternoon, which they have shows every every Saturday out there, and I come up and I do Hello, Darling, and then I go back like the next week and... Uh, I go up and I do Conway's It's Only Make Believe, his first big hit in 1958. Well, the first part of that show is is uh, the band and some guests. They take a short intermission, and then Ben Jones, Cooter, comes out, and he emcees and uh, kind of just takes lead of the second half of the show. Well, I happen to go grab myself a cheeseburger from the little cafe during the second half, and I one of my buddies comes in and says, Hey! Cooter's in here calling for you to get back up on stage. He wants you to sing that song again. <laughs> so I rushed back in there, and he said, there's Jonathan. And he pulls me on stage, and he says, I heard you did a great job on one of my favorite songs from Conway Twitty. And he said, I want you to come back up here. And I know you already sang it, but I want you to sing it again. And afterwards, I got to sit down. And, uh, you know, of course, Ben Jones, Cooter, is so down-to-earth and personable. Uh that he sat and he'll sit and sign autographs and talk with folks and they'll tell stories about how Dukes of Hazard influenced them. But after the show, I'm sitting there talking with him and I find out just how down to earth this man is. And it touched me so much. I don't usually buy merchandise, uh, but I went in and bought bought a Dukes of Hazard hat, an <laughs> orange hat that says the number one for General Lee on it. And I thought, you know, this really is touching for me. And that never would have happened had. You know, I thought, you know, I could have been doing that show at the in Pigeon Forge, yeah. which would have been great, but uh, took a leap of faith and followed what I felt was God's uh, leading. And then, lo and behold, I get to work and meet the real deal. Yeah, that's the hazard. And then that's what I'm saying. And then in May, just three months later, I'm in uh, West Frankfort, Illinois, doing that show with Ronnie, and that's where linked up with him and he said i've got to get some songs and then i call him and then he said well i've got this song i just wrote called you will never leave my mind and what a what a song that has opened so many doors for me and not and i mean that in a very positive way but also the message of that song you know as, as we were speaking earlier that song says something that so many other songs don't have the ability to say and i don't take away from any song anybody's ever written because songwriting is definitely a 
a talent and a wonderful skill, but this song that Ronnie McDowell has written, and also Steve Jeppy and Barbara Hart played roles in writing this song. But uh, Ronnie McDowell is a wonderful songwriter. And if you listen to the words of this song, it's so beautifully written. And the feeling that goes into it about no matter how hard this gets, I can promise you, you will never leave my mind. Well, we got to mention, too, Ronnie's a pretty good singer. And so he could have probably sang the song himself. But I think it really speaks volumes about you, that he chose you to sing this song that he wrote. Absolutely. Did he he mention to you why exactly he went with you instead of just singing it himself? No. And and honestly, um, you know, he he told me before he had spoke with, uh, you know, fellow musician friends, well, for instance, Bill Medley from the Righteous Brothers. And and I, I think a lot of people said, Ronnie, why didn't you just cut this yourself? And he said, well, I want this young fellow to sing this song. And I remember when I first was given to me, I was given the demo. Um, I took it and learned it, and then I did a, uh, I guess you call it like a preliminary recording. I went to a studio actually out in Virginia while I was out there and laid my vocals down on it, and I sent that to Ronnie, and I said, all right, what do you think? And he said, he said, you sang the wax out of that, and he said, now I want you to go to a studio in Nashville that, that I want you to, I, I want you to specifically go to this uh, certain studio and this producer, uh, Stacy Hogan. And so I uh, went with him and, uh, you know, talent all across the board has went into this, this production, uh, everything from the songwriting to the, to the, the recording, the production, that everything. Um, and the guy that sang it, he wasn't, he wasn't too bad either, you know, but you know, definitely <laughs> Ronnie, I mean, Ronnie's voice is, is super strong and he's still got, uh, he's still got it. And matter of fact, uh, he just came out with a new album himself. So y'all got to check that out. But yeah, his voice, he could have done it. But uh, I'm super grateful that he he chose me to uh, to perform this song. That's fantastic. We're so glad to. Okay, Jonathan, again with uh, You'll Never Leave My Mind. I know when Ronnie wrote it, he specifically had George Klein in mind and obviously George Klein was a, a good friend of Elvis's but can you can you give us a little history of of Ronnie and George's connection yeah well I mean you know just like Elvis and and George were were good buddies uh, you know Ronnie has met so many I'd say Elvis's friends and, and connections with Elvis that uh you know and, and if, if you're an Elvis fan you're going to love Ronnie and uh, Ronnie's, you know, that was his biggest inspiration as, as a kid, but you know, Elvis, uh, uh, Ronnie and and George were good buddies also. And, uh, you know, I I can't remember how many years, uh, that connection was there between them. But of course, George was, was still with us when Ronnie wrote the song and uh, his heart was really extended out to George because George was suffering from, from dementia and, and not just George, uh, but, you know, Ray Walker from the Jordanaires who sang with Elvis, uh, Ray's wife also uh, affected by it. And there's so many folks. But, yeah, George Klein, heavy on Ronnie's heart because of dementia. And like the song says, you know, damn that old dementia for mm-hmm. robbing me of time. And, you know, just recently, How Ketchum sings Small Town Saturday Night at a, such a young age. He, he is now having to hold up on performing and, uh, and touring because of complications of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. Oh, no. I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember Hal Ketchum. I did not, and I folks, did not know and that. A lot of folks, uh, you know, may even remember Glenn Campbell. Yeah. Same scenario. Yeah. 
So definitely, I mean, anybody with uh, with a heart can can relate to this. But Ronnie's heart was really extended to uh, his good buddy and Elvis's good buddy George Klein. But it's uh, you know, it's not just not just for the folks that I've mentioned. It's it's for anybody who's uh, who's ever had a loved one or friend that has gone through it or going through it currently. And and in my opinion, honestly, you could take anything and I've, and I say that because I've had folks come up to me and say well I just lost my husband of uh, of, of so many years to cancer mm-hmm. and you know you could say damn that old cancer for robbing me a time or mm-hmm. damn that old heart disease and and uh, you know I'm, I'm not trying to cuss on air you know because I feel like uh, it's all in the context of how you say it but it's just the meaning behind what the song is saying and I you know to be honest with y'all I've even had folks come up and tell me this is their new this is their new song, and they they are going to use this as their anniversary song because the the words uh, it's just a powerful song. The what the words are, are are about and that true love that once once you have them in your heart, they they're never going to leave your mind. Well, we'll go ahead and play the song for everybody and uh and hear and learn it for themselves and hear the the um just the feeling in your voice is amazing. I knew you were the one Knew it from the start And after all this time You still have my heart I cherish every day We shared along the way I'll never lose your memory Nothing will
Again, Jonathan Lynn, ladies and gentlemen, he's fantastic. The song, You Will Never Leave My Mind. You can catch it on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, CD Baby, lots of other places. More all the time, so be sure to check it out in his website, uh, jonathanlynn.com or jonathanlynn.herenow.com. Jonathan, thank you so much for spending time with us today and um, talking about your beautiful song. We really think you're trailblazing. You've got a phenomenal voice, and Chris and I wish you nothing but the best in your career because uh, we think you're going places too. So, Well, thank you very much, and uh, look forward to the next time that I get to be with y'all. But uh, thank you so much for having me on, and y'all have a wonderful day. Absolutely. If you come down to Florida, get in touch with us, and we'll uh, take you out to Disney. <laughs> Awesome, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, so so I don't know. We'll have to keep in touch, and, and um, I've lived here my whole life, so I want to show you around. Yeah, I would love that. It'd be great to to meet y'all in person. Absolutely. Yeah, if we can make that happen, that would be so cool. Thanks for listening to our show today. Don't forget to subscribe to TCB Radio Network on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. By subscribing, you'll get a notification as soon as our latest episode drops. While you're at it, please rate us with a five-star review. This will help other Elvis fans find our show. Also, this just in, you can now subscribe to our podcast episodes on YouTube. We also have a YouTube channel that includes archived episodes of our Facebook Live broadcasts and more. You can find links to this and so much more at tcbradionetwork.com. TCB Radio Network is strictly a fan publication, not affiliated in any way with Elvis Presley Enterprises or any of its affiliates or subsidiaries. Please visit us online at tcbradionetwork.com. All trademarks, product names, company names, and logos mentioned are the properties of their respective owners. All opinions stated within do not necessarily reflect the opinions of anyone else and certainly not Elvis Presley Enterprises. Still the King, our theme song for TCB Radio Network podcast, was written by Shane Douglas, produced by Terry Fullwider at Blue Spot Studios, and performed by Peter Alden and his band, Crown Electric Company, featuring David Fontana, son of Elvis Presley's original drummer, DJ Fontana, on drums. Elvis Presley is still the king. Well, he's still the king. That's all right. Man, he sure could sing. That's all right. Still the king. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.